All right, well, rare opportunity to uh, talk about a sweep off the top. The Jays swept the New York Mets this weekend. They've got a four-game series against the Houston Astros starting tonight on Sportsnet. 707 is the first pitch. Let's just give you the lineup before we uh, take a, a dive into that Mets series. Alec Manoa is on the mound for the Blue Jays tonight. If you've got candles handy, please light them. George Springer's leading off and uh, DHing. The rest of the lineup is Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, Varsho, Merrifield, Kirk, Biggio, Kiermaier. No Brandon Belt in the lineup after uh, his home run yesterday, Kevin. Yeah, he's got three homers. He's five for his last 23. Ain't real good. Like, it's, uh, look, you, I, I guess he's been hitting over 300 for the uh, the month of May. And, I mean, if you like the eight-pitch walk or the, the, the you know, the bad umpiring with strike threes, I guess. I mean, it's it's the fact of who would you rather see, see hitting cleanup against the righty. That, that's the one thing, right? Is it is it Chapman who, you know, seems to letting the ball travel a little bit more, stand a little taller, drive down and through the baseball, or... Brandon Belt, who is Brandon Belt? I don't. Uh, this is sort of. I, I knew you were going to ask this question. Yeah, I was going to ask this question I, because I you knew. spent ten minutes complaining <laughs> about it. And the, you, and gonna, you, you spent ten well. minutes complaining about so, this. I go. I'm going to tee it up for yeah, Parker. Yeah. So you, the know time, what, you, you know what? You, you're a malingerer. Uh, absolutely not. So by the time I, I told you well, this yeah, yeah. and thought about it from that point on, which is from about six feet. Behind us Gosh, to here, does it really matter who it's clean up? Okay, I, whatever. I just hate when you do that. You spend all that time complaining about. It. I'm going to come on and light them up. That's you not spend true. all that time complaining None of that about is it. True, and then you come on and go. Well, yeah, I that can is see not why. True. Coward. <laughs> well, I, look, I'm a lot of things. That's not one of them. Well, but I'm, I'm not going to waste my time. I I did send a, a text to you over the weekend. About a name that I never heard back from. Uh, we can talk about that if cell you want. Phone. We, we don't have to talk about that. Wait, the wait, phone wait, wasn't, the phone wasn't working on Sunday. I was, I was busy watching baseball on Sunday. Oh, when when your boy was throwing back-to-back sliders to the best home run hitter in baseball? I must have missed that inning. You, you, didn't, you didn't seem to get that text, huh? Huh. The uh, Jays well, swept, as ways. I said, the Jays uh, swept the Mets this weekend. Six a six four win yesterday, a two one win on Saturday. Vladdy's back. Three nothing win on uh, Friday. Yeah, Vladdy's back. Vladdy hit a uh, his first home run off a pitcher. Um, since May fourth, name of the pitcher was Brian Bayo of the Boston Red Sox. Mm. And actually, he Vladdy homered in back to back days that time in May third. He'd homered off of Nick Pavetta. So, uh, congratulations, Vladdy hit his home run off a uh, pitch. Well, if they're going to win a series against the Astros at home in four games, he better hit some more. Well, it, yes. And, uh, again, I'm, we're going to mention this. Vladdy has not homered yet at the Rogers Center. So, we will mention that. But, in addition to the home run, in addition to the home run, uh, Vladdy also drove in uh, the winning run on Saturday. And, and I think... You know, a decision that, that Buck Showalter was, you know, Buck Showalter was ripped for it in the, uh, in the New York press. Uh, he decided that David Robertson pitched to Vladdy. Um, and Vladdy was two for 14 at the time. Vladdy hits a double. Now. It's a good pitch. It was a good pitch. Well, it was a good pitch. 
you know, people are people are automatically saying, "Why would you pitch to Why would you pitch to Vladdy? Why uh, Why would you pitch to Vladdy?" And because he's, I, I this is a I think this is sometimes the other team is going to tell you what they think of your lineup. I wasn't surprised because again, Vladdy was two for fourteen. Vladdy, let's face it, Vladdy's been due for about three or four weeks. So at some point, you stop being due. Right, And at some point, you're just another guy in the lineup. And I think Buck Showalter on Saturday rightly looked at Vlad, just another guy. At least it's not Bichette. I'll have my dude pitch to him. Yeah, you're right, I, it was not a horrible pitch. Yeah, it was. And I, I think it was more about the guy standing on the mound for him than it was the dude standing at the plate. I, the, the guy standing at the plate just hasn't had consistently good at bats. Because we see it. You don't think the other teams are seeing this? Right, it's if you make a decent pitch to him and get himself out, like it, you don't have to always throw him a quality pitch. Just throw it a little in, throw it yeah. down a little down the way. I mean, he, it was he not a horrible execu- pitch. He executed it exactly the way he wanted to. Vladdy, give him credit, stayed through it long enough to barrel it up and get a big hit for the Blue Jays. That's what you're supposed to do when you're hitting third. And good for him. Uh, you know, the 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 home run. I just don't really know how to read that. I mean, that that's sort of the ball that he gets beat on a lot. Mm. I know he had a little bit better mechanics and he stayed behind it a little bit better. And, you know, he wasn't leaking with his, with his lower half as much as he has been, which a lot, which sort of forces his hands out and around the baseball. That's why you see him get a little lane back or you see it at the ground ball to third and shortstop. He just sort of, for whatever reason that time, maybe because you're facing Singa and you know what he's trying to get you out with and where he wants to start you to get you out with what he wants to get you out with. Maybe you go up and look for it. You start a little bit sooner. You get your foot down in an athletic position a little bit sooner. Allows you not to leak as much. And because Vladdy has really super quick hands and has enough, you know, eye awareness to direct the barrel to the baseball, you can get the balls like that. I just don't know consistently if he did can do that think, over and over again. Did you think he looked? I mean, you you sort of started talking about you started this phrase looking hitterish, looking hitterish, and when in terms of your takes, right? There's a way you take a pitch that makes you think that, okay, the guy is on, the guy is on it. Did you, are you seeing that from, from Vladdy? Not really. Not really. I mean, it's, again, I get back to this. He's an elite offensive player who swings at everything for whatever reason that is. I, 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 no, I don't have anything to back this up, but I would wonder why that the, the hitting coach wouldn't walk to, up to him after a, an OO swing in off the plate and go, hey, why'd you swing that? Mm-hmm. Forget about your mechanics, what you're doing. Your mechanics will take care of itself if you're swinging at the right pitch. Right now, you just don't like the ball in. You don't like the ball down and away. Occasionally, you don't like the ball up. That's, that happens. You're a human being. Now you have to force them in your zone a lot. For you to make solid contact, and if you make solid contact, really good things are going to happen because you're Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and you can do things to baseballs that most humans can't. But this is one of those times where it's a little confusing. It's like the Jose Barrios thing last year. I used to tell you all the time, how's the dude been around this long, don't know how to self-correct? It's weird, right? You watch him, he stands out there, he does the same thing. It's like Groundhog Day. What's wrong with you? Like, why, why can't you fix it? You've been around forever. You should know how it feels when it's bad. Fix it. Correct it. Don't do it bad all the time. Vladdy's sort of the same way. Such a great... He's not a good hitter. He's a great hitter. And to see him consistently over and over and over again... Well, he hasn't because he's got some big hits the last couple of days. So we don't want to downplay that. That's big. That's huge for their team. They need to go on a, 
another seven and two run. Like they need to consistently do these things. This is a good test for them at home with the Astros. I just wonder why it's over and over and over again. Is he, is he getting bad information? Is it is it you're doing things off the field the wrong way? Like you because you you shouldn't be. You're an elite offensive player. The ball coming off the bat tells everybody that knows how to watch baseball that. So the, why are you swinging at those things? It's the first oh, time. Man. First time since late April that the Jays have won consecutive series. We've got to talk about the team. starting. We've got to talk about the starting pitching this weekend. Oh, it's good. Uh, Chris Bassett on Friday. Congratulations, by the way, to Chris Bassett and his wife. Uh, those of you who don't know, I'm sure you know by now. Chris Bassett pitched on Friday, knowing that his wife was in labor. There was a good car deal. waiting for him to take him to the airport and uh, get back to Toronto. And uh, he pitched after a one minute and thirty one second rain delay, and. Ah, uh, I mean, was was just brilliant. Seven and two-thirds innings, eight strikeouts, no walks, three hits. The Jays won the game for him. Make a manager look like Paulson, a genius. Congratulations to the uh, to the uh, to the Bassets. Absolutely, on the birth of Colson, uh, who we understand took his time, <laughs> but yeah. that's fine. That's sometimes there's no hurry. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and then Saturday, Jose Barrios. Now, Kevin, Jose Barrios in his last ten starts. Got a 248 ERA. That's his second best 10 game run since he made his major league debut. Um, his sinker has been hit less. He was showing better pitch balance. This is a number that really stood out to me, I think. His slurve on Saturday seven whiffs, 13 taken strikes yeah. out of 41. Kevin, that's half of the pitches where I swung on. And missed or taken for strike. Yeah, he's got different. He got different speeds on that. He's got different shapes on the breaking ball. Some of them look like a twelve-six breaking ball. Some some of them look like a slur. Mm-hmm. He'll occasionally grip it a little tighter with the middle finger, make it look like a slider. So right now, because he has a lot of confidence in his mechanics that he can repeat that, and he's starting it where he should be starting it. Right, it'll end up to where it wants to go, and that's why he can vary all of those mile per hours. Now, all of a sudden, because he can do that, if I'm standing on the on-deck circle, we you talk about this all the time. You don't know what where, you're getting. Well, what do you, where do you try to hit it? And can I, can I ask you this as well? I wondered about this from a Mets point of view. How difficult would it be to see Chris Bassett in eight pitches, and then the next day, here comes another guy. Doesn't have eight pitches, but he's got one pitch that can throw with four different speeds, yeah, basically. Maybe. maybe. I think this just goes to show you, whenever you watch the Blue Jays play the American League East, and then you watch them play everybody else, the American yeah. League East is in a whole no, different the, league of the itself. The National League. Oh, it's a fact. Yeah, but you I can I, say this but, any way you want to say it's a fact. We've also got to say this. The American the, League East is a different animal. we got to say this. The Mets are not a good team right now. They do not look like a good I don't know what yeah, the I'll hell. Get, I, don't get, know, I don't I'll know who kidnapped. the pitching staff, whatever the pitching staff is. I don't know who kidnapped Francisco Lindor offensively. And, and replaced him with, I, I don't know who. But Lindor, not running out that 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 ball yesterday. Mm. Um, well, uh, you know, as much as I take great glee in Buck Showalter running another franchise into the ground, um, they just, they, I thought they'd, I, Kevin, Here's I thought they'd be you. better so, than so, that. So, yeah, I say this, and sometimes it's hard for opposing fan bases to tip their hat to an opposing team who comes in and basically whips you. I think it's Bassett, Barrios, and you can throw Yusei Kikuchi in there. Yusei Kikuchi, that's the first time all year that if you didn't watch him, you could actually tell that he's throwing a slider. 
That's a slider. Yep. All of a sudden, it's 87, 88, 89 miles an hour. He used, it's not 91 mile an hour cutter a, that everybody calls a slider. That's not a slider. He, he used a slider in his curve 65% of the time. Yeah. He had them so really off balance. Every once in a while, you know me, most of the time I'm going to agree with you that, you know, you're a good team. You should be having better at bats against certain teams. Let's, every once in a while, you got to give that opposing pitching staff credit. Bassett was unbelievable, changing speeds. And when he's got the sinker or the two-seamer, there's a big difference, right? We talked about this all the time. The way he can pound it in, elevate two-seamer, that's the first and I, the first guy you've ever seen throw a two-seamer up. Uh, I've never seen anybody do that. Not. That's very odd, right? Yes. But, boy, he when he's locating it, he's got that little window up and in to a righty, and he can do cutter things to lefties. Right, he can go away with it. He can go in with it. He can two seam front hip the lefty with the two seamer, like, and then you sprinkle in all the different mile per hours. He's very unpredictable. Like, I, this is what I said. Now all of a sudden, because you got Bassett doing this, and you got the change of speeds with Barrios' slurve slider curve, and I'm going to call it all three because just because I want to. I was watching it. There's three different ones now, and it's three different mile per hours which is kind of cool. Where do you try and hit it? Do I pull it? Do I try and stay up the middle? Do I try and go the other way? When you're changing speeds like that and it has different shapes to it, basically when your barrel hits it, it's going to go where it wants to go. And and that a lot of the times doesn't bode well for the hitter. And even you say Kikuchi, the velocity allows him to be who he is, right? It's that consistent mechanics where when you lift the leg and I can get it up, and I can drive down that little hill, and I can consistently get it at 95, 96, and occasionally, when I'm feeling frisky and I'm mad at somebody, I can throw it through the catcher. That allows him to get away with the bad whatever that is. But that last story, that's a legit slider. Like, he can backfoot that to righty. He can throw that down and away to a lefty. He can steal a strike with it. That's a good pitch. You build off that, and then you can add the little slow breaking ball when you want to to be a little bit more unpredictable. Oh, oh, behind the count. You can get back in counts with the secondary pitches. So, yeah, I'd hey, I'd love to come on here because you poke fun at Buck and say that, yeah, the Mets lineup's not real good and Lindor's not real good. This is one of those times where I'm going to give credit to the three dudes that were thrown to them. They were really, really good. All right, I'm going to give you your freebie. Nate Pearson, Sunday. Have at it. I'll just sit back and shut up. Yeah, look, I, I think I think everybody thinks that I'm not a big fan of Nate Pearson. That's not true. 99 don't grow on trees. And, and his size and the way he can same plane 99, and it's real tough to lay off that, especially if you're a left-handed hitter. It's just I think we need to take a step back and say, let's. this is what I've been saying to you. The stuff is there. It's just you want to sort of – the only reason they're trying to sort of force him in there is Jimmy Garcia is not real good. Like you have no idea what you're getting from Jimmy, right? And you don't want to wear out the other two dudes. There has to be somebody else up. And right now, Nate's throwing 99. He wasn't back-to-back days. No. If you're John, if you're Pete Walker, That's... that will tell you something. He faced the same part of the order yes. back-to-back days. That should tell you something. Yep. No, right? I, I, and the eighth cannot, inning is a different animal. Cannot disagree. Like it is a cannot different disagree. animal. You have to, when you're not Having your best stuff, the extra little gear, for whatever reason, his 97 don't play. Um, he needs the 99 and touching three digits to make the slider. If he wants to throw that back-to-back, the little slow breaking ball, he needs the velocity. He needs the elevated velocity. He needs the velocity away 
to make those two better. I just, I'm not saying he's not, I'm not a big fan of his because that doesn't grow on trees. It's just, you got to be careful when you use him. It's wind time. Yeah. Like it is um, like just throwing him out there to see what you got. They can't, they're not, they're not right now in a position to do that is my point. You got to be careful, right? I don't have you, options, under, Kevin. you understand why Kevin, they're doing it? They don't it's have because options. of Jimmy Garcia. Yeah, they don't they're, have options. Tim Mesa, throw Tim Mesa. This, oh. uh, okay, we'll we'll be interesting to see if he gets back to back days and back to back parts of the same lineup. Yeah. I think you. I it'll think be, it'll be you, odd you, if you, he does. I, I think you had to find out, and maybe you did find out, and you found out in a series that you swept. Well, you might have got lucky doing it. So that doesn't matter. You, know, you, you, found, got, you, you got, got away with it. Yeah. So you got away with it. You know it. now. You know now. And you won the series. You swept the series. Mm. So, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. There you are. On your Jim DeCap, by the way, will uh, join us at six o'clock. He's host of Power Alley MLB Network. See, that was nice. Radio. Former Mets. That's because I, sh- I, I, I cut you off. Former Mets general <laughs> manager. He'll join us at six o'clock. 6 30. Steve Sparks, uh, Astros radio broadcaster, will join us. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jim DeCap is, is terrific. And as we mentioned, Alec Manoa is going to take the mound against the Astros tonight. And uh, we will talk to Jim about the same thing, you know, we talked to Joe Madden about. Where where do you go? What do you do with, with Alec Manoa from Run him this, out there every five days since where on. you go. Uh, Want to talk about a little bit of news. I guess you'd classify this as news today. Uh, the Blue Jays, a couple of items. John Schneider talked about in his pregame media availability. Zach Pop, who was rehabbing in Florida, has had a setback with his hamstring. He's being examined in Toronto today. So one would expect that that would possibly push his return back, which means Anthony Bass gets another gets a few more days here. Um, Mitch White is pitching Thursday at AAA. He is not, now again, this is just, this could be sort of, a matter of descriptions that John Schneider was very clear that they don't view Mitch white as a starter. They view him as a bulk guy, which would suggest to me that once Mitch white is ready to go, we may see one of those opener situations. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's an opener or not, to, but it no, might, no, 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 let me finish. We up, may guys. see one of those situations where someone else is used as an opener and Mitch white comes in and provides the bulk role. Again, we've talked about how Chris Bassett and Kevin Gossman, they're better with extra rest. No question. They're, and at some point, you got You can't rely on the off days in the schedule. You've got to bake in those extra days yourself. Mm-hmm. And Danny Jansen is going to catch Jose Barrios' bullpen. Uh, I think John said he would likely go down to uh, to to AAA to, uh, or go down on, on a rehab assignment for a couple of days. It but it, it, it wouldn't be long. All right, I got it. And, and that kind of brings me to a couple of things I want to talk about today. Um. I'm going to say this right now, and not just because of the of what we saw on on Sunday. But Kevin, if Danny Jansen comes back, you finding room for Tyler Heineman in your on your team as a third catcher? Yeah, I guess. Like, I, who, who would benefit you more? Uh, Nathan Lucas giving you anything offensively? Nope. He sits over there four or five days and comes off. Not the really bench, giving me much defensively it, as long as I've got Biggio so, so, uh, yeah. and, and Merrifield. Like I, I think you, right now you might go with the the little older guy who's been around, who can sit over there, who understands his body, who at least can give Kirky some time, he, and maybe Danny Jansen. And you know, the ultimate goal here all of a sudden is trying to keep Danny Jansen on a big league yeah. team, right? Yeah. Like he, no, he that's, is, he that's is absolutely he right. He is. He has shown you that it's been tough for him. So. To carry three catchers, it's almost like 
you may be forced to. Like yeah. you, like Nathan Lucas is really not giving you anything. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm and more to good the point. for him that he made the team and, yeah, and but, they think highly enough of him to to put him on the squad trying to, you know, make a playoff push. But you know he's what? not you can't, really doing anything for no, you. No, and, and so you I'm can't. I don't think where the Jays are in the standings right now. Again, we're talking about the 26th guy, but I don't think where the Jays are in the standings right now. I Nathan Lucas doesn't give you anything. And because of the way they're hit and because they don't have a cleanup hitter, because Kirky is going to catch more until yep. Danny gets back and may need to DH need to some, and it looks like he's yep. starting to put barrel to ball, which you know as well as well, they need that. Like yep. They need Kirky to catch fire and start doing some things and maybe driving some balls to right center and driving in some runs. So for that point, absolutely. Like, it makes total sense. So that's probably why it won't happen. <laughs> I mean, it makes too much sense, Jeff. Oh, I'm sure it really does. <laughs> I'm sure his bad path doesn't match I mean, up with Nathan Lucas's I mean, bad path, it was, especially it on, especially on Wednesdays against left-handed pitcher against right-handed pitching. Game. I'm sure it doesn't. Anyhow, whatever. Uh, so uh, we gotta you gotta explain this to me. Bo Bichette comes in today today's game, leading the majors in hits with 85. Um, he leads the AL. The 134 total bases. Only Freddie Freeman has more in the majors, 135. He leads the AL with a 329 batting average. That's fourth in the majors. He's fifth in slugging, sixth in OPS. He's tied eighth for home runs, tied 10th in RBIs. Mm. Hard hit balls. He's second behind Vlad. I mean, he's doing everything. Yeah. There's one thing Bo Bichette hasn't been able to do in his career. Yeah. And that is hit the Houston Astros. Yeah. Explain what is his what are his career numbers against the Astros? Little, little, uh, well, it's little, you got to look at that it's, it's separated. All right, and, and Minute made it's just a little over two hundred. I think it's like two hundred nine. He's got like thirty seven at bats or something. Right, we're right. talking relatively small sample. Uh, so, well, thirty seven at bats is, is a decent enough sample size. You, you've been in that park. If you're a right handed here, where are you trying to hit it with a dude that doesn't have tremendous power? To... Like Bo's not a you know he's yeah. not a he's going to hit him just because barrel to ball skills are. <laughs> I mean, that's elite stuff. And then he does the rotation thing like most humans can't do. I, I, I will say this. Who's been the best team in like the last four years in baseball? Houston. I mean, you can start there. I mean, I, every time we have a good team on that's facing the Blue Jays and we ask them, what are you guys thinking about first? Well, there's two guys. We don't want to let Bo beat us now. And we don't want to let Vladdy beat us. Well, if, if you don't think if the Cardinals are saying that, that the Houston Astros are not saying that. So I think it's a little bit of that. And I do think that because he inside outs a lot of baseballs, that they have found a little, yeah, we'd rather give you the 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 ball off the end of your bat, bloop single to right, than we would you driving something. And it's very hard because of his bat path and where he's trying to let the ball travel is the ball away. I'm not talking about outer third away. I'm talking about I set up on the black, if I miss, it's off the plate because he's very aggressive. There's a good chance he's chasing that. Like, I got a good chance of him not taking that. That was the bow the last two years. Be very interesting to see this bow because he's he's been able to zone up a little bit, take some pitches, adjust to how he, pitchers are trying to get him out, organizations are trying to get him out, because it's been different, right? A mm-hmm. lot of them try to get him go up and in. They'll try and spin it to why him, don't other get or- him out in why front. Why don't other organizations – I mean, the numbers are astounding, right? The only yeah. other organization that seems that to know how to pitch him is Cle- the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Look, I, well, they got it, pretty good pitching staff, in, too. In terms of the numbers. Yeah. But that's great, but – 
I, I mean, the Yankees have a pretty good pitching staff. Tampa Bay's got a pretty good pitching. Why, why don't more teams do this, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I would say a lot of that is, meh, you just sort of, it's just one of them things, like it's just one of them teams right. where, you know, I mean, I've, I've fallen into it. Maybe he thinks about it now. I'm sure if I know the numbers, you know the numbers. Chris Black knows the numbers. You know, everybody else that tries to figure out why Bo's not hitting knows the numbers. Bo knows the numbers. So you're thinking, oh, he I'm did struggling. Hit. He did get a hit in all three games yeah, at yeah, uh, but Minute it's, Maid it's Park. It's like one for three, one for four, yeah, one for is. five. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he went 0 for five in there one time. Like he, struck out, some, he struck out five times in that he series. He strikes too. out a lot, too, in Minute Maid, right? Yeah. Which will tell you he's getting big. He's trying to pull the ball to hit it out in the, in the short porch and left. So I think a little bit of it is a fluke. I think a little bit of it is they're the best team in baseball and have been for and they've got, the last three or four years, and they got really a plethora of pitching that they could throw at him, different arm angles, different speeds, different locations. And they'll say, we're going to keep throwing it out there until you adjust to it, either take it or – because we'd rather walk you than give up a hard-hit ball somewhere because we know you can change the game that way. Yeah. So I think it's – he's too good of a hitter to it. Actually, there be a lot to it. But there is a lot to where they're trying to get him out at, right? The fastball away thing's a thing. I mean, the Derek Jeter thing was, it's how you get him out. He's an inside-out guy. He can inside-out that ball between first and second closer to him mm-hmm. because he wants to let it travel and he wants to hit everything in the middle of his body or – back further because he's trying to think about you know right field or that little area between the first baseman and the second baseman Bo's no different but Bo only thing Bo does is he rotates more which creates more backspin he's got a little bit for me anyway he's got a little bit more bat speed and a little bit more power than Derek had but it'd be interesting to see because again Bo knows these numbers Bo knows how they're trying to get him out he is a really good hitter. He's a smart hitter. Why would they change? Yeah. Like, they, they, they've what, obviously th- what can think he, they figured something out. What can he do? Take it. Just take it. Take, take it. Take your base. If I, Because that sample size is pretty – that's decent sample size. Yes. It's a career. It's not just a year. If, it's I, a, it's, if, it's you a can, if you can get this kid – what's this kid's name? Forgot. Help me out here. Belak. Yeah. If, you, if, that, if that kid – I forgot. <laughs> if that kid – can throw three balls on the black away. Tip your head. I'll bet. I'll bet you your paycheck. He can't do that. <laughs> so that's what you do. I mean, you t- if, you, you got a little area there. You sort of you know visually draw you a line out there. If he throws it there, don't swing at it. But if he there, you got my paycheck. That's that's a big one. I take it. That's that's coffee for three days. <laughs> <laughs> 707 is the first pitch tonight. The Jays and the Houston Astros, the first of four games right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. It is a Monday. That means we like to take a look around the American League East. We've also got Jays tickets to give away. We're going to introduce you to a member of our family as well. We're going to give him some camera time, some FaceTime. We'll see how it goes. We'll give him some FaceTime as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet now. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 
It's Monday. It's Blair and Barker. Reminder, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk all week, immediately following the game. The games, I should say, four against the Astros. And then a Friday game against my Minnesota Twins. Imagine they take three out of four from the Astros. Boy. They may sweep the Astros. Oh, boy. That's a lot to ask. But if they take three out of four and Vladdy gets going, all of a sudden we're having a different conversation, Jeff. (laughs) It is Monday. And you know what that means? It's time for. In the East. In the East. Is that you? uh, No, it's not me. That's a dude. That's the voice. It's a dude. Dude gets paid for doing that. Radio, no, radio stations all over North America phone him up and say, can you do this? He goes, in the east. Thank you. Here's a check. He can't be that much. He's getting that. No, he does it for radio stations. does it for radio stations all over the place, uh. like WFAN. Same voice. Same right. guy. All right. Yeah. I've met him. He's, he's, a, he's a decent dude. Makes more money than anybody in radio in North America. Right, Anyhow. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and Boston Red Sox are finishing off a four-game series today after rainout and Friday. It is three nothing right now for uh, our Tampa Bay Rays over the Boston Red Sox. I'm an Orioles guy. Oh, I forgot oh, you're hey, an hey, Orioles hey, guy hey. now. Wa- worry about yourself. <laughs> you're an Orioles guy now. Three nothing. The uh, the Rays are leading the Boston uh, Red Sox. Of course they are. And uh, well, I don't know if you had a chance to see Sunday's game, but uh, the Rays beat the Red Sox six two. Uh, in a game in which Yandy Diaz hit a little league home run. Mm-hmm. Now think about this. The Rays won 6-2. They didn't have Brandon Lau. They didn't have Jose Siri. And they didn't have Wander Franco. All of them were nursing injuries. Franco's back in the lineup today and is a hit. But uh, while this was how, this was how the particular play sounded on the uh, Red Sox radio network. He does take off, and how about this hitting? Bounding ball through the open space and off into right field. They're going to wave him. The throw comes into second, now on the way to the plate, and they steal a run. And this throw is into the outfield. Diaz taking up for third. They're going to wave him in, and he's going to score. And that looked like Little League. (laughs) Yeah, it did indeed. That is our friends at Nesson with the call of that particular play. I want to ask you something about Yandy Diaz later on. So, of course, after the game, Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, you go into an interview sometimes and you know, and the manager gives you a look and he says, ask me the question right away. I'm about to say something. This is exactly what Alex Cora did yesterday. I've seen that play too many times the last two years. So, you know, you got to throw the ball to the right base. You got to back up. You can cannot become a spectator, right? You got places to go. In every play in baseball. They, they had a great baseball play. He took off, rumbled a second, and, and that happened. And that's, you know, it's not good baseball, bottom line. The coach, you know, he sees the play. It's a gamble, to be honest with you. If you make two good throws, you get him out of the play. And we didn't do that. We threw the ball way to second, and we were just watching, like the rest of the 35,000 people here. We got to keep preaching good defense. We got to coach them. Um, at the end, it's on me. You know, I'm the manager of this club, and we've been sloppy. So, you know, uh, it's not about pointing fingers, right? You know, the roster but is the roster, is. and we have to play better baseball. But, you know, I'm the manager of this team, and, you know, defensively, we're not good. We're not, you know, and uh, and we keep working. We're going to show up early, and we're going to keep talking to plays, and we're going to coach the players until we get it right. When? I don't know. You know, 
Um, if it's tomorrow, it's 59 games too late. You know, but we just got to keep going, keep going and keep going until, until we do it. You know, the difference between them and us right now, base running defense and throwing strikes. That was, that was the game today. And you, we saw it, you know. Something that we got to keep pushing these guys to be better, you know. Right now, we're one game over 500. Who we are, you know, like, and, you know, tomorrow's game 60. Season's going now. And everybody's picking it up, and we have to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. See, I, I disagree with everything you just said. Of course, said. He he's, would a, he's a, he's a big leaguer. These guys are big leaguers. Yeah, I, there's not ever one time whenever I was in the big leagues, it was short lived, that I ever have a manager walk up to me and try to explain to me what base to throw to. Like that's maybe maybe the the Red Sox need to set an example and start sending dudes down who can't throw a ball to each other. Maybe do that. It's the, it's the big leagues. It's not the manager's job to call, call you in an office and go, hey, why do you throw it there? As usual. I just don't understand that. No, you have missed the point of the manager's post-game news conference. Manager's post-game news conference is to basically ensure that he takes the blame from the writers and absolves his yeah, players. Yeah, every once in a while when you're the last team, place team in the American League East and you're one game above 500 and Throw you're your players throwing the under ball. the bus. No, you don't do that. But it's more of if we don't do it right, we're going to get players in here that will do it right. I mean, I'm with him. He's a great, he's a really good dude. But occasionally, the, uh, it's the players' fault. I mentioned the Rays had Wander Franco back in the lineup today. Uh, Jose Siri's shoulder is sore. And the the Brandon Lau issue that I think is kind of quietly concerning for the Rays is that originally they said it was the shoulder. Then they said his back locked up. And the back is, that's a big deal, especially for hitters. Exactly. And that's a thing that kept him out of the lineup, has kept him out of the lineup a lot in recent years. So uh, there's a big, 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 big series in store for the Rays next weekend. They play host to the the Texas Rangers. After three against the Minnesota Twins, and the Rangers are, the Rangers got it going yeah, I saw, on. Just I saw, ask the Houston Astros. I saw a stat today that the Rangers have scored more than ten runs sixteen times yes. this year. Yeah, holy moly! Like to say you better make quality pitches from the get. And imagine if their pitching advanced. was fully healthy. Oh, well, they're, you know, I, I know Bruce Bochy's taking a lot of credit, and he should. I've been in a room with him. He 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 sort of explains it better than everybody else, but. Man, the way they're they're having their at-bats and the quality of their at-bats is second to none right now. The uh, Baltimore Orioles, your Baltimore I'll Orioles. I'll take it. I'll take it. Of course you will. They took two of three from the San Francisco Giants. I have a question for you, Barker. Let's hear it. The Orioles and Atlanta Braves are tied for the best road record in the majors at 20 and 10. Is that a serious stat or a meaningless stat? Brandon Hyde was asked about it. He just said, I don't know. He just kind of shrugged and said, I don't know what it says. I guess it says something, but I don't know what it says. Does it say anything to you? Well, to me, that suggests you must have a pretty decent bullpen, well, to be honest. Well, if he's in the room and he doesn't have an answer for it, how the heck you think I'm going to have an answer I don't for know, it? Because you usually do. Well, <laughs> most of the time you don't like it. When it's in like, doubt. Well, it's well, like, you know, you, you, when I mean, in once doubt. again, you missed the point. When what in, what you, you just what? said? <laughs> when in doubt. When in doubt, blame Nate Pearson. <laughs> That's the way I'll say it. When in doubt, not. blame Nate Pearson. I, I think, I'm getting I, a nod of agreement from in the room. I think I'm with you. I think they're very athletic. They're a better defensive team. Yes. And their bullpen is really, really good. Now, they I had, think the you bullpen can hang had your head on this week. Well, I did because it's going to. Like, there's a bunch of uh, no-names down yeah. there that nobody's ever heard of. So, they're going to go through that. But I think that's sort of, you play good defense, you pitch well at the back end of the game, 
you're going to win a lot of games. We uh, we have spent uh, most of the year talking about the Orioles' young players and the deep farm system that has them in a position to be a factor. But, Kevin, I thought, how cool was it on Sunday to see Josh Lester? This is a dude who's a mm-hmm. former 13th-round draft pick get his first major league hit after 795 minor league games over eight seasons. That, my friend, is a lot of Subway sandwiches and Jimmy John's. He got a two-bases-loaded single with two out that keyed a batter on inning that staked the Orioles to a 6 nothing lead. And I loved Brandon Hyde's reaction to the contributions his team, this young team full of young stars, a team on the a team on the uh, on the tum, uh, on the come, a team that that is that is really rising. I loved what he said when he was asked about the contribution from Josh Lester. Somebody that's never been on a top prospect list or somebody that's, you know, drafted in the 13th round and look around the big leagues, there's a lot of guys like that. And, uh, you know, his his story is a, is a great one and grew up in a baseball family and um, just grinding and was grinding in AAA and Gunner can't go today and he gets a start and, and uh huge hit, you know, big hit for us. When we haven't been getting, honestly, a, a kind of a get, a get a big hit to kind of give us a little breathing room and and that did yeah gunner henderson was out he's nursing a minor injury yeah, but, yeah uh, it also, that was a cool that's uh, a cool story no, man no, i'm sorry no question but it also tells you how good the orioles are right now brandon also went on to say that they're facing some righties in a row here mm-hmm. to get josh lester up who's left-handed some more at bats against a right-handed pitcher i mean it's oh wow it just goes to show you who's the jay josh lester i mean who could be nathan lucas couldn't he Oh, you mean you mean a guy they brought up to help that contribute? could get a big hit in a big moment with the bases loaded I mean, when when you're when your everyday third baseman or your your sort of super utility guy goes down and you they don't really, really they yeah. really don't have a guy so that's the sort they of the really different right is what the future looks like for the Orioles and what they can bring up that's a great story right you yeah. want you want dudes like that to have success yeah and, and, and as he said uh, Brandon also had kind of an interesting line he said it must be something for a dude to look around a clubhouse full of guys who are all top. A lot of them were on top prospect lists at one time, and uh, and and come through. See what Aaron Hicks is hitting? No, four, four games he's hitting four fifty five. Getting out of New York. How about man. that? The Orioles are in Milwaukee for three games, then they return home for three against the Kansas City Royals. So this could be a pretty comfortable week for the Orioles if they can get everything aligned. Bad news for the Orioles this past week: Dylan Tate's on the sixty day IL, and they're basically saying, "Get back to us when you're." There you go. But they'll 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 figure it out. They're going to be in a position to make a trade for pitching anyhow at the deadline. After finally getting healthy, we got to talk about the Yankees. After finally getting healthy, the Yankees are spending today scheduling MRIs and x-rays for Nestor Cortez and Aaron Judge. Cortez's shoulder is flared up, and Boone mentioned after his last start that he's had difficulty recovering between starts. And then, of course, Aaron Judge made that great catch on Saturday. Unfortunately, he injured his big right toe or his right big toe, and he's going to need an MRI and x-rays on that. And this is the thing for the Yankees, right? Just as Josh Donaldson and Giancarlo Stanton get healthy, they return to the lineup this weekend. Boom, down goes Aaron Judge. Our friend Josh came off the IL following a 52-game absence, had his first multi-homer game as a Yankee. Stanton also homered Friday in a loss. But Sunday, it was rookie shortstop Anthony Volpe who wrote his name all over a 4-1 win with a two-run home run, his ninth. He's driven in 26 runs. He has 13 steals, but he's hitting just 193. 193, 
He's getting it done, though, in the Bronx. Yankees manager Aaron Boone said yesterday, I'm solidly in this dude's corner. Get the batting average. That's what's been impressive about him is through all this, through times where he struggled at the plate, times where he's made some he, – he, he always just bounces right back, and he, he's helped us win a lot of games. Another big homer. You know, he's got nine homers. Like, um, he's made a lot of big, important plays in the field. Obviously, the stuff he does on the bases, you know, he's he's finding his way, and, and Dinner's it's, ready. it's fun to watch him do it. <laughs> Uh, the Yankees have been patient with Volpe, who was asked. Uh, he was asked after the game about whether the sending out and subsequent requ- subsequent recall of Oswaldo Cabrera maybe had concerned him while he was scuffling. Because again, the Yankees have had this. This was the key to the Yankees this year. They wanted to get some of these young guys in the lineup. They also want to win. And Volpe was asked about that. Did you think maybe when you saw Cabrera go down that maybe you ought to be a little concerned? Last week, you saw Oswaldo, who was struggling, get sent down. When you're in the 180s, but you're still doing stuff, does it go through your mind like, oh, my God, i got to step it up, or you're so focused on the task at hand, nothing that never goes to your mind? Yeah, um, it's tough enough to play as it is, so um, I'm just trying to prepare and get ready every day to just do my best every day. I mean, that sounds simple, but that's basically, I mean, the kids... This is the guy who's Derek Jeter's replacement, essentially, hitting 193 in June, and he's got everybody in his corner. And the interesting thing is even Yankees fans. I mean, they've, the Yankees fans have been grumbling at times this year, but most, mostly it's been at Aaron Hicks. And, and Anthony Volpe's, I mean, give the organization credit. They're, they're sticking with him. Yeah, well, Judge is looking like Judge of last year. That, that would help a little bit, too, take pressure off. He's getting some giant hits. Look, he's a, a, he's a young kid who does young kid things. He's a pull hitter who likes the fastball, who don't like the breaking ball and the off-speed stuff, who needs to learn how to hit those, right? They've asked a lot from him. I think they've let him off. They've hit him second. They hit him at the bottom mm-hmm. of the order. Like, there's sort of different approaches for all of those positions in the batting order, and a young kid's trying to find his way. Once he starts letting the ball travel a little bit more, I know it's eye-rolling to say, ah, a kid can be able, should already be able to do that. Not really, right? It's learn how to let the breaking ball travel a little bit. It's sort of steps, Every pitcher, I went through it. Every young hitter goes through it. They see if you can hit the hater first, right? They'll go quadrants. They'll go up with it. They'll go in with it. They'll go away with it. Then once you start hitting that, then they start spinning it and fastball counts. That's sort of, I think, where he's at, right? It's the breaking ball. It's the off-speed pitch. What do I do with it? Can I pull it? Still hit, you know, not 193. So he's still learning. Good for them to give him an opportunity to continue to be sort of who he is, athletic, base running. You know, he has some quality at bats at times. It's the Yankees, though. Sooner or later, he's not going to be able to hit a buck 93. He'll start to have to do a few more things, but he's very athletic. You can't teach that. So, got something to hang your hat on there, and you can move on from there. I, I ask you this. You asked me about the Orioles on the road. They're, I they're, just, just let me get a quick quick update of the standings, just understanding uh, through the weekend. The Rays are 42-19 and 19 there in first. The Orioles 37-22. and 22. They're four back. The Yankees are 36-25, and 25, six back. Toronto 33-27, and 27, eight and a half back. Mm-hmm. Boston, if they lose today, will be at 500. Uh, they're already 11 back. Yeah, you asked me about the <clears throat> Orioles' road records, 20-10. and 10. The Yankees play the White Sox. They're 10-20 and 20 on the road. What's that say? I mean, what we said about the Orioles say just the opposite about yeah. the White Sox. Well, and they haven't had Liam Hendricks for the, for the longest period of time. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing to me is when you, the reason I point to the bullpen is when you're on the road, 
the other the home team gets a last at bat. Generally, you're the dude that's going to be in the on the mound for you is your reliever. It's going to yeah. be a reliever, and I just think that's probably you know I'm looking at the teams with with good road records. Okay, Orioles have got a good road record. Uh, all the teams in the AL East pretty much have good road records. I'm looking at the Central. Uh, nobody's got a good road record in the Central. Texas, they're 19 and 12. Houston, 17 and 10. You've got decent bullpens. You look at that. American League, Atlanta's 20 and 10. And I'm just looking out. Who else has got a good away record? Maybe Arizona. But other than that, there are a bunch of teams that are around 500 and under, under 500 on the road. Yeah, you can also flip it on its other end and say, like the Blue Jays in those three games in New York, Bassett went seven and two thirds. Yep. John can use whoever he wants to yes. use, right? Because you got everybody available. Barrios goes six innings. You can use whoever you want. You can use your best guys. If your starting rotation is not giving you that length on the road, then you're having to use guys that you don't want to use. And when you don't uh, want to use them, it tends to go. Bad. Can we also give a little shout-out, by the way? You didn't touch on this. Give a little shout-out to the work that Eric Swanson did on yeah. Saturday. Just that, you know, kept Romano available for the next sure. day. Four-seamer was a mile, one mile per hour higher up from his season average. Well, well you could tell they're giving him a little time, right? They're, they're trying to back off him when they can and give him a little rest. And for me, it's whenever he lifts his leg, he's got the little turn. That little turn sort of sets everything up. When that's in line and the shoulders are connected to everything else and he's driving down the way he's supposed to drive down, he'll have the extra little tick. The split finger will go where it wants to go. He'll be able to steal strikes with the slider. He'll be a good enough eighth inning. Whit Merrifield, too. We haven't touched on him. No. He's been really, really good. Whit? Absolutely. He's 299. He, I think he's in the top. He's, I think he might be like ninth or tenth in the AL and hitting. Mm-hmm. 299. Yeah, he's living up to his name. It, it's... When he's getting decent pitches and he's standing tall and the stride's shorter, good direction with his hands, he'll get a bunch of hits. Well, it's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. This is a uh, new part of our show. We're going to introduce a member of our Blair and Barker family, Mark Boffo, our uh, ace producer. What's up, fellas? How are you, Mark? Fantastic. Just listening to two guys who there know their baseball. There you go. Thanks for dressing. Oh. Thanks for dressing up. Learn, sure. learn from the best. Just <laughs> That's true. You collared did. t-shirts. <laughs> That's true. All right. So we got a game tonight down at Rogers Center. Astros Jays. Jays are favored actually on the money line, which is nice to see. Ooh. But we're gonna look at the pitchers here. Alec Manoa on the mound. Over under four and a half strikeouts. Do you like him to? To get at I'm, least five K tonight? Yeah, I'm going I'm going over. I don't know why. I just at some point Alec Manoa has to has to turn it around. Um I heard his side session was great. <laughs> some point he's gonna turn it around. I'll take the over. I'll well, take the well, over. What, what, what I have heard is they've adjusted the weight room program, which is a big deal for him. The conditioning, all that stuff. You roll your eyes, but I'm it's true. The long tossing, they've they've adjusted that. You the bullpens, because of those two things they've adjusted, That's has been, been really better. good. The location, Ooh, the velocity, the break baby. on the slider. Hey, don't knock it. You gotta start I'm somewhere. But I will say the Astros have the six fewest amount of strikeouts in baseball that doesn't bode well but his slider has been better they're hitting 167 in the last three starts off the slider that for me on top of the adjustments they've made off the field i'm gonna go over to oh, look wow. at that 
unusually buoyant. Well, it's only got to be five. Doesn't have to be ten. It's only oh, got to be five. I just yeah. I'll uh, take five. Like you said, Bark, the Astros are really good. We'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, another prop that I kind of like tonight, guys. George Springer going up against his old team over under one and a half total bases. Now, personally, I like him to go over. He was over yesterday against the Mets. And last time he did that was the second game of the Brewers series. And he came out in the third game, two hits. Dude, there have been weeks where he's been over. I'm taking the under. I'm going over. Uh, Brandon, optimist. Absolutely. Silly optimist. Uh, Brand, Brandon Belak, uh, off his four-seamer, they're slugging 694. Off his singer, they're slugging 520. Off his slider, they're slugging 778. Just on the, those three things right there, because lately George has been eating all three of those for breakfast. I'm going to take the over, but I will say, he has not walked in his last five games, and he is coming off an 0 for 5. The 0 for 5 would say maybe got a little something to prove. Didn't you get the sense, to, didn't you get the sense after that one at bat that is I, I, I'm, a, I'm shaking his hand. He's DHing today. Very optimistic. I, I don't know. I ain't taking I, I don't know. I ain't taking it off. And Belak did give up three homers two starts ago. So I go. think he's going to get it down and get it singing. It's one pitch. All it takes is one uh, pitch. All right. All right. I'll go with you. That was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. And we got a whole new hour coming up. Jim Duquette. See what I did there, Boffo? That's called a segue. Yeah? Don't be that way. You learned from the best. I don't know who that was, but they're good. Thanks for that, I think. Uh, Jim Duquette joins us next. We got tickets to give away Steve Sparks as well. It's Blair and Barker and Boffo. Well, it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet now. on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight from the Rogers Center. The Jays taking on the... Houston Astros, the world champion Houston Astros, first four-game series. Ooh. Jay's lineup is as follows. Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, Varsho, Merrifield, Kirk. He'll be catching Biggio, Kiermaier. Winner, winner. Alec Manoa on the mound. Smells like a winner. The uh, Astros will not will be without Jose Altuve for this series, by the way, I think, as he looks for his game notes. I believe they called up Garrett Kessinger. Uh, Jay's. And Alec. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> yes. I'm just trying to see here. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah. Let's roll with it. Anyhow. Yeah. Gray, uh, 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 Gray Kessinger was called. So I can do art. From uh, Sugarland, Triple A Sugarland. So there you it's go. A great name. What? It is. It's a great name. It is. Sugarland. What are they, what are they called? That's not the Skeeters, is it? Sounds, that sounds right. Pretty good. Thought that was her double A team, though. Maybe. Sugarland's good enough. I mean, if you're you're playing in a place called Sugarland, yeah, you, you, do you don't you for? don't really need Sugarland. A name. You don't need a name. No, you don't. Who do you play for? Sugarland. I played in Portland once. <laughs> What's that got to do with? Because that was the weirdest name I'd ever played for. What was the name of that? Portland team? Beavers. It's weird. It's, I had a big, we had a big giant beaver on front of our jersey. It's odd. Very odd. I did not like it. It's 
It's very hard when I was swinging a bat to deal with all that. To deal with the beaver in that your jersey? Was weird. Just did not like it. Okay. Just, uh, just thought of that. Uh, as I mentioned, 707 is the first pitch tonight. It will be Brandon Belock on the mound for the Astros and Alec Manoa, who was one and six within a ERA of 546 on the mound for the Blue Jays. It has been, uh, well, it's been quite a ride so far this year for the Blue Jays and Alec Manoa. And, uh, let's see if, uh, well, let's see if some of these changes the Jays have made will manifest himself tonight. Jim Duquette is host of Power Alley on MLB Network Radio, former MLB general manager. He joins us in Blair and Barker. Jim, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. We we trust that you're doing okay. well. Everything uh, is good. Thank you. Yes. Right. Everything is good. Hope you guys are doing well. Awesome, oh, yeah. we are. Jim, Jim, we've heard Alec Madoa has adjusted some things with the weight room, the long tossing, uh, some of his yeah. bullpens. Uh, if you were the GM of this team, what – should that be a plus for you, for you, or is this sort of the last kind of thing that they're trying to, you know, you sort of tried everything else, we'll try this? Because, yeah, I don't want to say he's, you know, he's real late in the season, but he's late enough that maybe these adjustments would help. I, I know he's trying to take positives from every start. I know in the last start he was throwing a few more strike ones, which is a big deal, right? You want to pitch ahead, which right. allows you to get away with some bad sliders. But if you hear a guy making some adjustments in season like that, what's that tell you? Well, yeah, he, I think uh, clearly he's he's searching, right? I think you've, you guys have all seen that too. Like, you know, when you have a guy, you're always making adjustments throughout the season, right? Hitters are doing it, pitchers are doing it, but they should be making wholesale changes unless the season's gotten to this point and not kind of, I would call it unraveled in, in Alex's case, be just because of where he was last year to where he is now. Like it, it, it is a huge struggle and, you know, it's, it's there's I've talked to enough people too up that have seen him more. They they talk about him being able to repeat his delivery, being able to land his slider more consistently for strikes, uh, doesn't have the same depth. There's a lot of things that yeah, you, know, you sit there, you like there are all these metrics now that you can look at, right? You look at all of the things mechanically, but then it just becomes you can do all those things in the bullpen. <laughs> and 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 it but then it's about taking it out on the mound and doing it during the game and doing it consistently enough. But there were times early where I thought he had it. He had it. Yeah, it was back, and then you know the, this. You know, then the, then it would get away from. I think the Tampa game early in April. There was like, man, he was a pitch away from getting out of it, and then it just seems to have have snowballed. Listen, I've seen guys. You guys probably have too. I, you, Darvish, is one guy that that you know he didn't figure it out for a good portion of the season. Then he figured it out towards the end, uh, and he made adjustments and made enough adjustments where he got away so far away from what he was strong um, at. Uh, in particular, so there's a lot there to unravel. They know they know best. Um, I just I think the fact that he's still trying to find answers it can be concerning. But uh, you know, he, there's nothing that's worked to this point. So I understand why he continues to to make those adjustments that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Jim, when for an organization does it become as much about kind of saving the pitcher as it becomes about? winning the season, winning in the season, right? At some point, you, yeah. dude is a human being. You need him for not just this year, but you need him You need him for the next three or four years as well, hopefully, as long as your window of yeah. opportunity is open. How hard is it for an organization to make that call? And, and can an organization that wants to, can, can, it, can it ever really make that, that type of a call with a guy who was a finalist for the Cy Young Award the year before? Yeah, 
Well, it, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I think that's the hard part. Like you, you're going to explore everything you can. I, I've had pictures in the past. And this is this goes back a while, but you even see it now. You know, there's different options that you try to explore, right? And without without sending him down to the minor leagues for a start or two, that's that's always because even if he goes down to the minor leagues, tries to work it out. You know, he's not facing the same type of hitting, right? So that's not. He might get results in, you know, but but the the pitch uh, shapes aren't what they need to be at the major league level. So sometimes that isn't the answer too. Um, I think you try to exhaust every option. And then the, like his last start, but they took him out after four innings, I think it was right. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, he, he might've been trying to talk his way back into the game, but I thought that the results were enough for you. Like, you know what, let's leave it on a positive note. Like mm-hmm. you try little things like that, right? There's also the possibility of doing it in smaller segments, for a period of time, which would mean pushing him to the bullpen for a start or two. It's not always ideal, right? Because you need to throw strikes from your pen and he's not thrown enough, but you can see guys. I've seen plenty of guys. Wade Miley is one that I go way back, maybe, maybe 10 years ago where he was struggling. He got, he became more aggressive as a, as a relief pitcher on the attack more. And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, I got it. It, it clicked for him. So it can happen that quickly, too. You know, that's the frustrating part from the front office is you see this, you think he's got it, he doesn't, or it goes backwards. And, you know, you know that, you, or at least you feel like he's really close and you know what he's capable of doing once he figures it out. Jim, what if this is not physical or mechanical and it's mental? What do you do then? Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, that, that is, I think, the, the trickiest part, you know, and that's where um, – Competing in smaller segments sometimes works. It doesn't always work. Um, you know, I mean, all these teams have sports psychologists now. We we had one of the best in Harvey Dorfman back before he passed away a number of years ago. He's got several books out there. You're gonna you're gonna reach out to whoever you can find, right? And I think that aspect of it's probably been a part of this as well. Um, you know, and I think you know it's frustrating because you have. You have um, some really good, you know, Pete Walker's an ex- I know Pete, I've known Pete since he was pitching for me with the Mets when I was assistant minor league director. That's how far back we've got. He's an excellent pitching coach. And I know that, he, you know, just trying to figure it out um, is, is just half of it. There probably is a mental component to this uh, that we're not, that we're not aware of. But, you know, the thing is you, you, you go back and you bet on, guys like him because of what he has done in the past. I think that you're going to run a, a longer leash. Listen, I've used this example before too. If you go back when like David Ortiz was big, was, was he was, he had been big poppy, but there was a segment as a hitter where he and Terry Francona was his manager. They thought a lot of people thought he was toast that he had lost his bat speed and they gave him like a weekend off to clear his brain uh, against the Mariners and they did some things in the cage and it works. And then all of a sudden he got back to big poppy again. Like it happens, you know, and it's not just pitchers. It's been hitters and we've seen it over time. Like some guys figure it out, some don't, but you know, I still got to bet on Manoa figuring this out. We, we just saw the Mets for three games and I don't understand yeah. them, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain the yeah, match to the me? Crew, man. I watch him every game. I can't figure out either. <laughs> yeah. What's going on there? I tell you, um, sometimes when you have inconsistent seasons, you can break it down into segments and, and it point to something. And at least with the Mets, 
they told everybody in the world that they didn't have enough offense from last year, right? They went out and they were pursuing Correa the wintertime. Mm-hmm. The owner came out and said, hey, I, we need – so you kind of start with that premise. But you also thought they had enough pitching, enough pitching to – starting pitching in particular, right? And we know their closing went down. That's no excuse. They, they found a really good re- replacement in Robertson. But, yeah, the starters haven't been good. And they've been injured, you know. And, and Verlander was injured out of the gate. Carrasco was injured. And Quintana hasn't even made a start yet. So there's three right out of the gate. And then you throw inconsistent Scherzer and then sticky stuff Scherzer. Like, we're on the, the third version of Scherzer, which is, which is what we saw last year mm-hmm. out of him. But we had not seen it very much. So to this point, it's been rocky. I thought they had figured it out until Toronto just banked them three games. You know, I know they were tight games, but, I mean, a sweep is a sweep. And – and um, they did it at City Field, where, where the Mets have been very good. So I, I think it's a little bit of everything. Primarily, though, I focus on the starting rotation. You know, this weekend, the, the Blue Jays pitching came in and, and really, I thought, beat them down and limited the damage in yesterday's game and just, to just those solo homers. Jim, I know we're only 60 games in, but with the Mets and the Phillies getting off to slow starts like they have, does this force the Marlins front office hand to go out and do something bigger than they've done in the past? Well, I think so. I think so. I think Kevin, the thing with me with the Marlins, they're, they're, they're funny because we talk a lot about them, you know, like over the last couple of years. Like, oh, man, they got the pitching. They just get the hitting. I, I feel bad for Donnie Mattingly because he just was never given a great hand, the roster, you know. And they haven't won. And, and they haven't. In fact, they've been worse. They haven't been over 500 in, for so long. So I'm still skeptical that they're going to do it. Um, you know, they have a really – and they, they compete well against the bad teams. But for the most part, and this happened again last year, uh, when, when they start playing some of the really good teams, they, they faded. So this is a, a critical time for them. They, if you look at their schedule in the next month, I think every game, every series they have, every, the team is 500, over 500 or better. So we're going to find out about them. But, yeah, I do think it, gives, it puts pressure on them. Um, to make some deals, and I'm just hopeful they can hang in there because I would love to see the Marlins in it. I just I don't count their 2020 season like some do. That was just a small sample. I mean, you, you know, that was you know 60 games like you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, the next 60, who knows? Like they could have gone like the previous uh, you know 12 seasons that had happened for the Marlins. It's probably what what would have happened. But you know, for me, I, I think that the proof is going to be this month for them. Are we uh, seeing a changing of the guard in the AL West? With, with Texas doing what they're doing and, you know, Houston, Houston already lost Verlander, El Tuve's been hurt. At some point, I, I don't know, I'm a believer that at some point all those extra postseason games catch up with you too. I, ju- I, I, I just yeah, am. Great point. Um, are, are we maybe seeing that manifest itself now? Yeah, I think so. And I'll tell you what. Um, after they won the World Series, their owner, Jim Crane, waited four months before they hired a new general manager mm-hmm. and a new GM would have come in. First, he made a change with the other GM and that, that mix was not great. Right? It came out later. They, they didn't see eye to eye. And, okay. So you make the change that, you know, those, those things happen, but you waited until the end of January when the roster was pretty well set. Everybody had been signed and he made two or three moves. It was all based off of what the, they had discussed in the middle of the season. Uh, and he didn't build in enough depth for the roster. And they've had surprisingly more starting wow. pitching th- this year so far. Like the kid tonight, Belak, like you're going, what? This, where'd he come from, right? And so there are guys like that that they've had. But 
I don't think their roster has got enough depth. I don't think Abreu is going to be, you know, he, they don't, they're comparing him to Gurriel last year. That's fine because Gurriel wasn't great. Uh, but they, they are expecting more power out of him. And I just I question the depth of the roster. This will be a postseason team, and they're a force when, as we've seen once they get there. But I think the Rangers are going to give them a, a real run uh, for their money here with this division. Jim, before I move on and ask you about Vladdy, I want to ask you, I, I think this is just me personally that the Braves are the best team in the National League. Who's the second best team in the National League? Um, I, I think that despite their changeover, I think it's the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I think um, it's a little tighter in this division than when what, what, um, what we've seen in the past. I think that that's clear. But, I, you know, they, there aren't many teams that could flip over the roster, you know, and let a, a few superstar players move on to free agency, bring in young players, and without skipping a beat, still remain in first place pretty competitive. The Dodgers just know how to do it. They 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 can evaluate. They know how to develop young players. So uh, they've been better than I uh, thought and given credit. And they've overcome some injuries too. So you know I still think that they're the second best team. But I, but that gap has really closed up um, between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. The team that I just keep going. What, like come on, San Diego in the Phillies. Yeah. I'm talking about disappointing mm-hmm. teams. They have the same record and they're both disappointing to this point. Um, you know, hopefully we'll see them turn turn things around. Because I'd rather see those stronger teams, and then we have a real race. Yeah, the Blue Jays played 25 games at home. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has not hit a home run yet at home. Can you explain <laughs> that? That is a crazy stat, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you saw you saw the ball yesterday, the ball that he hit, well, I would, it would have been out anywhere, right? And I don't know what the answer is to that. It's we get some weird um, stats sometimes, or things that go on. Even some of his, you know, struggles um, to some degree. But I never expect him to struggle at all. Like this is this is Laddie, it's Laddie Junior. So maybe his recent, you know, uh, conversation and and uh, you know time around his uncle there, Wilton, will get him back on track. Because they were they went I think they worked together back in childhood days, right? So maybe yeah. there's something there that he was doing mechanically that we're not aware of. Uh, I kind of like the fact that, you know, it can get him off his feet a little bit now with Belt playing first base, you know, some too, because he can really pick it. So maybe, maybe they give him a little more bats, a few more bats at the DH. It's hard, you know, sometimes he likes, we all know he likes to play the field, but maybe, maybe that might help. Jim, Jim with, with superstar hitters, is there something to pitch selection? Like Vladdy sometimes, now who am I mm-hmm. to, to come on and pick on, you know, what Vladdy swings at and what he shouldn't swing at, and especially early in counts with runners on base, right? It just looks like he gets right. himself out a lot. How how should we read into that part of it? Because I'm with you. V- Vladdy, with what he does with his lower half, the bat speed that he has, the hand-eye coordination, the way the ball comes off his barrel, if it just mm-hmm. simplifies it enough, Jim, that if you don't swing at that – and swing at what you can do damage on, sky's the limit. But a lot of times he doesn't. How do you, what do you read into that? Yeah. Well, it, to me, it's it's tricky, Greg, because you know I'm looking looking at some of his numbers. You're like, okay, well, the walk rate's about the same, right? He, he, he's improved his strikeout rate a little bit from last year. Um, you know, so so some of those numbers you know stand out, and you're going, okay, um, you know. There's some hard. You know, I have to look at the hard hit data a little bit to see a little bit more. But but some of those things that, that as a front office guy you look at and you believe in, you're like, you know, it's a matter of time before it happens or not. Um, you know, for me, it's 
the the pitchers are so good now, um, and the 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 you know just some of the, the logarithms when they start to identify the holes in your swing when they find it because uh, everybody has one. They just exploit it until you figure out how to hit it. And, you know, that's one of those where I think, you know, you have to look at that aspect of it too, right? And, and some of the pitches up in the strike zone that, you know, that, you know, guys like to, like to chase sometimes. Like, it's it's way more difficult to hit. Even though Vladdy is, is a, you know, incredible, it is hard. Man, it is – I cannot get over how – um, good some of this pitching is and how difficult it is for, for hitters to, to make adjustments. It seems like it would be easy from afar, but I always appreciate those good hitters that make adjustments quickly. Yeah, Jim, really good of you to join yeah. us today. Thanks so much, my Great. friend. Be well. Thanks, Jim. All right. Jeff, yeah. thanks, man. Talk yeah. to you guys later. Bye. Take care. Jim Duquette is host of Power Alley on MLB Network Radio, former MLB general manager. Some interesting thoughts on um, Manoa and Vladdy from a guy who's had to make tough decisions. Yeah, yeah, the, the Vladdy thing, I think sometimes we do forget that there's a guy standing on the mound trying to get him out, right? When when you know, again, we we talk about, we've had people on here who have been behind closed doors and have had game plans coming in first game of a series, and the first name is not Bo Bichette. It's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. How do you get him out, right? Whether that's fair or not with the season that Bo's having, it's a fact. We've well, had conversations. And what and, happens is, what, ha- what yeah. happens is, you get to a point, especially with this lineup being as as light as it is, that you say, forget about Bichette. Let's work on Vladdy. Absolutely. Bo gets his opposite field Absolutely. single, we'll but give it let's to get him. Vladdy out and then worry about no, it. No question. So it's it, I, sometimes I think it's a little unfair for us all the time to come on here and yell and scream. I do because he does elite things, and you think he should always be, be doing elite things, and he doesn't. It's sort of frustrating. Uh, we're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Our last trivia question and answer was Padres legend Tony Gwynn hit 300 or better in how many of his 20 MLB seasons? The answer was 19. Wow. That's a lot. What went wrong that one year? Yeah, 289 the year he didn't. Mm. Um, and, of course, I always remind people, the 1994 player strike. You think yes. it's a slam dunk, huh? Uh, he would have he he hit, hit, hit 400. No kidding. He would have hit 400. Wow. He would have hit 400. That's a big number. He Oh, he was that. You talked to me. He was just, he was different that year. Yeah. He was just, just different that Pretty year. Pretty cool. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Giants down at the Rogers Center on June 28th. Barry Bonds is number one all-time with 762 career home runs. How many times did the Giants slugger hit 50 or more home runs in a single season? Again, Barry Bonds is number one with 762 career home runs. How many times did the Giants slugger hit 50 or more home runs in a single season? You can text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca. That can't be the right number that I just saw. It can't be the right number. That's amazing. Without without looking it up, that's pretty cool. I saw it already. Steve Sparks is going to join us in a few minutes. He is the uh, Astros radio analyst. I was going to talk about Yandy Diaz. Why was I? I said, remind me about Yandy Diaz. And I was watching. Oh, Yandy Diaz. I know. I was going to ask about Yandy yeah. Diaz. Um, he's not the front runner for the MVP award. 
No. But is he? You could argue the guy standing hitting second for the Blue Jays is having a bad yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Wander Franco is having a pretty good mm. year as well in terms of war. But he's having a really good year. Yandy Diaz is a bit of a thing this year, isn't he? Well, he's graduated for me. It's it's you got to add parts to your game every year. It's not only you're trying to hit a bloop single to right or occasionally if you cheat, get the head out a little bit more and hit a double to right center. Now you're ambushing. Like now occasionally, right, he's a threat leading off to go back Lake City. When, when's the last time you could say that about him? That's sort of the raised way is, you know, you have conversations behind closed doors saying we know who you are, but can you graduate to something else added on to what you are? And that's, for me, sort of what he is. And, you know, now he's not only a really good hitter, but he's a threat to change the game by himself, which is not what he's been capable of doing. What's he already got his career high in homers already, I think? That's sort of what it is, right? He's sitting over, let me check. I think he's sitting over 300, too. Yeah, he's sort of a forgotten guy, too, right? He's sitting 312. You, you think of other guys on that team before you think of him. And good for him. You can tell he's a good dude. He's a good hitter. You know, he takes pride in what he does. He's worked hard over that. So, yeah, he's he, he ambushes now, which is what you got to do. When you're not a home run hitter, you got to have educated guesses, and you got to guess right to be able to get the head out. He's not a guy that's going to go line to line. He's going to hit a home or it's up the middle to the pull side. So you got to, you know, you got to educate guests the right pitch, the right location, the right part of the game. You know, that's why you see him sometimes swinging 3 0. He's trying to do some things. The reason I ask this is kind of interesting. Um, I thought about this. Uh, he uh, actually managed to get some down ballot MVP votes, votes last season. Now he finished 20th in the voting, mm. but a couple of folks. Put him on their ballot. Mm. I'm just saying. I guess. If you talk to race people so far, they'll tell you that, I mean, Randy, Rosarena, Yandy Diaz, or Wander Franco uh, been the three guys. But they're certainly, as a trio, they're given the Rays. You know, someone pointed out the other day, Yandy Diaz might be the perfect Ray in a lot of ways. He just might be. Everything the Rays. You know, well, I was guess, I was about a week ago, I was guessing if the Braves were better than the Rays, I guess no longer. The race is the best team in the baseball. Yeah, I'm it's pretty hard to argue that. It is. It's pretty hard to argue that. Absolutely. Uh Steve Sparks is the Astros radio analyst. The Astros are in town. Seven oh seven is a first pitch tonight, the first of four games. The Astros and the Blue Jays. Steve Sparks joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety the fan and Sportsnet three sixty. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Buffalo's out of control right now. I'm going to blame you, Barker. What I did? Huh? last thing you should do is invite him on TV. And now he's, like, got a swelled head and he's running around. And- Wait till he comes on with you and you yell at him. Because you've yelled at me, like, three times a day. He'll, you'll get, he'll yell at him sooner than later, I and he won't be that at, way anymore. I have not yelled at you at yeah. all. You'll, just, you'll ruin that nice mark. No, I just... <laughs> I just That's not going to last long. I needed to launch Come a... Come on, radio I, just, I, needed, you. I needed to launch a preliminary or, or a uh, whatever you call it. What do you call that? You know, when you I'm not it. helping you out. 
Because it's Thank about you. me. Preemptive strike. About I needed me. to lodge a preemptive strike before you went all full scale Nate Pearson on me. Oh, get over so, it. That's where that came from. Uh, I knew, I see. I knew you were going to bring up Brandon. Seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight as the Jays and Astros. You played me into that one. The Jays and Astros <laughs> start a four game series. Yeah, At the dude. Rogers Center, the uh, Jays coming off a sweep of the New York Mets, their second consecutive series win, the first time they've done that since late April. The Astros are 35-24, and 24, and we're going to bring on Steve Sparks, Astros analyst here. Steve, thanks for joining us. They are 35-24, and 24, yet we just had Jim Duquette on, and we were talking. And I asked Jim, I kind of get the sense that maybe the AL West might be in a little bit of transition. Am I jumping the gun here? Because Texas looks awfully good. Well, I don't think you're jumping the gun. I mean, I think the Texas Rangers are for real. They don't even have Jacob deGrom in the rotation really yet. Uh, But we know that they can score 16 games uh, with double-digit runs for the Rangers. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the Astros to play against Texas this year. They still have three more series. And it's been a while since both of those teams have been pretty good. Uh, Steve, how do you get Jordan Alvarez out? I think you have to mix it up a lot, Kevin. You, you can't stay with one set pattern. Uh, one thing that I've noticed is second and third ABs, he sets on pitches. So oh. if you got him out on a, a backdoor slider his first time up, you can just guarantee he's setting on that pitch, that next AB. And his his OPS on his second ABs has to be around 950 because – he is really smart, and he doesn't miss it when he's looking for it. Steve, it's interesting you said that. With runners in scoring position, he's hitting 409 with six mm-hmm. homers. To do those two numbers, you would have to sit on things. You'd have to educate a guess occasionally, right? You're sitting windows. You're not sitting certain pitches. There is right. no fastball counts anymore, especially when you're Jordan Alvarez. So I'm assuming later in games, those big moments when you need a run guy to come up and, and drive in a run, he's sort of doing that kind of thing, right? He is. You know, how stupid are pitchers, though? I mean, we, we can see these patterns. and Runners in scoring position, isn't everybody throwing the first pitch breaking ball? Yeah. I mean, it, everybody does, and they've been doing it forever, and, and, and guys still fall for that stupid ploy. So uh, Alvarez is a step above. And you know what's kind of funny is he's only 25 years old. Scary. And he's got Jose Abreu. He's got dudes that have been in this league for a long time going to him for advice. He's really kind of a savant of hitters, even at this young of an age. But he's just got a, a beautiful, compact swing. He's super strong, but very efficient uh, uh, the way he delivers the barrel into the strike zone. And uh, you guys are watching a couple of guys on this Blue Jays team, too, uh, do a lot of incredible things. But we get a, an opportunity to watch Jordan on a daily basis, and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Now, no Verlander. Luis Garcia is on the 60-day IL. And I look at the Astros, lowest team ERA, and allowed the fewest runs in the majors. Um, one of the things that I think, you know, maybe, maybe people didn't give the Astros enough credit for this, and I, I think maybe – the last last year's World Series really showed just how deep this organization is in pitching. It's it's interesting in this. So I talked to you guys about the way they develop guys, and the, their farm system ranks 28th or 29th typically right. uh, among the major league teams. And because they're, they're drafting late, you know they they got a couple of high round draft picks canceled because of the cheating scandal, all this stuff. So they haven't gotten a chance to really do other than develop players in eight of the last nine years they've had a top five finisher in the rookie of the year hunter brown 
who's in the rotation right now for the Astros, will probably, if he stays healthy, finish in the top five. So that's going to be nine out of ten years that they put somebody in the big leagues and they've performed very well right out of the gate. Here's what they're doing. So Belak pitches tonight. J.P. France pitched last night. Now, I'm telling you, these guys are also Rans. I mean, not to, you know, really just distinguish anything that they've been able to do so far, but, you know, there's nothing special. So here's an example of what France comes to the big leagues, and for the last year and a half, he's got this cut fastball. Everybody's talking about this cut fastball. And if you're in the minor leagues, you guys know this, if you can throw a wrinkle in a fastball count, have something move just a little bit, you're going to coast. Yep. And that's what he was able to do. And he got really happy with that pitch. But he got to the big leagues, and he was all excited about it. And he pitched against Seattle in the first inning. That cut fastball was getting shillelied. And they figured it out very quickly. Martin Maldonado was behind the dish. He said, hey, dude, I'll be honest with you. Your cutter's not that good. And he said, I like your change-ups. So they started throwing change-ups. That's what BLAC's doing. Uh, they've changed their arsenal. They changed their sequencing. Uh, they were a certain pitcher down in the minor leagues, but at the big league level, I think the Astros have figured out what really plays at this level and how to get the best out of their pitchers. Steve, how do you change BLAC? I, I was looking up his stats. Just to, he's not a hard thrower, right? You, you just mentioned that sort of. His four-seamers, they're slugging 694. His sinker, 520. His slider, they're slugging 778. You said right. change Arsenal. Like I, that, that would seem to be maybe his best three pitches, no? How do, how do you mix those up, right? Do you throw one more, more than the other? Is your misses better? Like how does he get, how's he getting through games here? You, you almost you pitch backwards, number one. You, you talked about that. It's not really pitching backwards now because everybody does this, but they'll throw any pitch in any count. But for Belak, it's doing the, the non-traditional things that we never thought of doing 20, 25 years ago, and that's throwing like a right-hander, a change-up inside. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody used to do that. You drop the head on that, and that was a three-run homer so much. But, guys, Belak's doing that now. You'll, you'll see it tonight. You know, right-handed batters change-ups low and in, even off the plate, and he'll get chased on it because it has a nice little run to it. But uh, I'll say this, Kevin, it's identical to his two-seam fastball. So what that does is it makes that two-seam fastball that's typically 91, 92 miles per hour a little bit better just because guys can't sit on one speed. Uh, then he can move it around and, and, and you know rely on his defense, try to mix it up uh, uh, and fill up the strike zone. But uh, I'll be darned if these pitching coaches, the catchers, this organization figures out a way to get guys called up from the minor leagues who might not be prized prospects, but get them to be able to perform at this level. Yeah, Alec Manoa has been really struggling, Steve. I'm sure you know that by looking up the stats. I I just wonder, a veteran lineup like the Astros, got some really smart dudes who are trying to figure out, right? You know, you just mentioned the educated guessing from Jordan. How would they Mm -hmm. attack Alec Manoa, who basically, I I hate to say it in in a I'm trying to be nice here. Hasn't really had three of his pitches consistently meshed together all season. Right. How do they attack him tonight, you think? Um, I would look right down the middle of the yeah. plate. Yeah. You know, seriously, I mean, you think, really, in the major leagues, you're going to look right down the middle? Who pitches there? A lot of guys do. A lot of guys make mistakes, and that's where I would look at Manoa right now. Why look inside or why look outside? He's not commanding the, the strike zone very well right now. So let's look right down the middle of the plate. If it gets to two strikes, it might be a different animal. But uh, I think guys are a- able to recognize spin pretty well. 
uh, on this team. And one thing that this Astros team do maybe better than a lot of teams I've seen in the past is they can chase pitchers out of the strike zone early. Like they can start offering a little early, and then they get the pitcher a little nervous. They start picking a little bit, falling behind. Then they let him hang himself later. So kind of an opposite strategy you see with some teams try to start out real patient. The Astros may go out there and try to ambush him early in counts. You talked about Hunter Brown a little bit uh, a little earlier. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. certainly you look at him among MLB rookies, his first in strikeouts, innings. He's tied for first and wins with five. How would you compare Hunter Brown to some of the other elite starting pitchers the Astros have developed? That they developed? You know, he's up there. You know, this is, this is something that's cool about Dusty Baker. He finds out what guys like. You know, if, if they, they meld, uh, you know, he's got he's to end, you know, whether it be food. You know, a Latin American player who misses home, mm-hmm. he might bring him some food, stick it in their locker, whatever. He's found out a little thing with Hunter Brown, and they've gone fishing a few times. Started in spring training, but he gets an opportunity to spend three or four hours. And he'll tell us privately that, hey, this guy, this guy's got the mindset to be a great one. He's one of the, he's one of the guys that uh, Dusty feels like he's got a chance to be one of the elite pitchers in the game. So uh, he's got a little uh, a bit of uh, the red. Uh, Rojo Kulo, let's yeah. say, you know, <laughs> he'll yell at an ump every once in a while. Right. Uh, you know, he gets fired up. He's walking back to the dugout, and, and he's yelling at himself. I love that about him. I know he competes. Uh, he's got great stuff. He's got the air lats. You know, the guys that have their arms out just a little bit, a uh, mm-hmm. little bit wider than they should because he feels pretty good about himself. He likes to pin his shoulders back as he walks off the field. I like guys like that. Uh, Bregman's raking. Every time I watch Bregman, you know, it's it's sort of one way. You have to set up down and away. That, for me, is how you get him out. If you don't set it up, he's sort of 10 for his last 23, hitting 436. What's he doing well, Steve? Dude, what we used to always do is look at a guy's body type. And guys like Bregman, he's got short arms, right? Yeah. So you know he rakes on pitches inside. Yeah. So what he's done differently from the first six weeks of the season, he's scooted closer to the dish. So basically he's made the outside corner the middle of the plate. Uh, so he's finding the barrel a lot more. He's hooking pitches, uh, not worried about, you know, filleting stuff the, to the right side. He's getting right on top of the dish and trying to take that outer third of the plate with him to the pull side. Uh, that's what he's doing. And the Astros desperately needed a righty to go along with these lefties. Uh, in the Astros' middle of the lineup because nobody from the right side was giving them any slug. And now that Bregman's picked it up since May 9th, I think it is, he's got about he's got about 1,000 OPS since then. And he's always killed the Blue Jays, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, they've needed him. He's in the middle of the lineup right now doing pretty well. Yep. Yeah, boy, he's raised his, uh, his batting average from 195. Yeah, like 65 points. Which is hard to do when you're playing every freaking day, right? Yeah, is, yeah, plays is, every day. Yeah. Uh, he's playing a great third base. Yeah, he's he's really come on when they need it. So it necessitation, I think, uh, about two weeks ago, the Astros got shut out in back-to-back games, and Dusty Baker shuffled the lineup, and he's put Pena from the six-hole to the two-hole where he gets protection uh, from all the wipeout stuff uh, with Alvarez on deck. So Pena sees more pitches over the plate. Bregman goes in the middle between the two lefties, Gives them a little punch in the middle of those two guys if you want to bring in a lefty. And then you got Abreu who's able to kind of exhale a little bit uh, to follow that. So I think after those back-to-back shutouts in Milwaukee, I think 
uh, Dusty Baker saw a, an opportunity to play musical chairs, and yep. it's worked out. Last question before I let you run. Uh, Jose Altuve, what should our expectations be for, for him uh, in this series? I, know he, I, I don't think he has not gone on the IL, has he? He hasn't. So he's, he's on the lineup card, and he took grounders yesterday, and I, I don't know what he did as far as tee work. Right or whatever, but uh, he had an oblique situation occur on an awkward swing Friday night. Dusty said initially it was going to be Saturday and Sunday a rest day and go from there. It looks like they want to push things out a little bit further, be a little extra cautionary and, and make sure he's perfectly fine before they get him back out there. My guess is probably to play the last two games of this series. Good stuff, Steve. Thanks Great for doing stuff. this. I'll uh, see you at the park. Thanks a lot. My pleasure, guys. Take care. See ya. It's Steve Sparks. Astros radio huh. analyst. Uh, interesting about Alec Bregman. I saw your Alex scooting up to the yeah. Alex Bregman scooting up to the uh, closer yeah. to the plate. Well, uh, the only the, the real way how you got him out was up and in and down and away, right? But you had to set up the down and away. You couldn't go there multiple times. He's a good enough hitter, right? He would punch that thing the other way. You had to set it up somehow. You had to try and make him feel a little bit more uncomfortable. To set it up. It's interesting that you scoot closer. Scooting closer means you got to eliminate some movement. The, the okay, hand, explain that. Well, huh? the hands have to be closer to your body. You can't cast. Sometimes right. he's a caster because of those that short porch and left field in Houston. At Minute Maid, he wants to get out and around that thing. The ball away, out and around it. To do that, sometimes he would cast. Cast means your hands get further away from your body, your barrel's playing catch-up, and now it's sort of alligator where it's in and out. He hit the little ground ball to third instead of staying through that thing up the middle. And now all of a sudden to combat that, he's he's starting to try to basically what that is is eliminate the right side of the field, hit the ball up the middle to the pull side. Right, he's good. His average will suffer. Well, it hasn't really, because this last seven games, he's ten for his last twenty-three. So he's been raking. But it's just the fact of he's eliminated his weakness. Now he's eliminated the target to where they want to throw it to. Sometimes what you do is make that uncomfortable for the pitcher. Make their target smaller. If you make it smaller, now they're more apt to aim it. And when you aim it, you leave it in the middle of the plate. When you leave it in the middle of the plate because you're a good hitter, you hammer that thing. Alec Manoa, to say the least, is, for me, running into a team that he's going to need everything. You look at Alvarez. He's hitting more fly balls. What's that mean? He's trying to catch the ball out. He's guessing. He's looking spin. That bodes. So, basically, with Alec Manoa, now your four-seamer, your elevated two-seamer has to work. Your change-up, your slider, or your sometimes when you – Grip it differently. Your little get me over breaking ball ain't going to work for him. He's trying to hit more breaking balls. Now you got Bregman cheating. That's sort of eliminated because he's closer the slider. Now you're looking more two seamer in, elevated four seamer in. Jeremy Pena's raking. He's seven for his last 24. He's hitting more line drives up the middle. That means you got to crowd him more. That means more location arm side. Kyle Tucker is hitting more. Line drives, then fly balls. That means your breaking balls and your change-ups have to be better against him because he's annihilating fastballs, sitting 321 off fastballs. Everything has to work to get all of these. This is what I said. Sometimes it's not balance. It's not because you're left-handed or right-handed. It's how you get them out, right? Because one guy's trying to hit fly balls. It's... Another guy's trying to hit line drives. So you need a pitch to combat that with, right? So you throw a fastball to one and a 
not a breaking ball to the other. So all of them have to work. He's going to have to pitch ahead, and his misses have to be on point, competitive. A miss doesn't mean out of the hand it's non-competitive because that would scream three and a third. Jeff, you know as well as anybody, right? So you need to throw strike one. And now your competitive misses with secondary up and in, the two-seamer up and in, and occasional change-up to a righty to keep them honest. Say the least, it's not going to be an easy start for Alec. As good as the Texas Rangers have been, as good as the Tampa Bay Rays have been, as good as the Braves have been, the Astros have the best record in the majors since May 9th. Yeah, maybe it's Dusty. They're 18 and six. Maybe Dusty saw an opportunity to, maybe he's always wanted to do that, but a dude screwed it up by getting off to a hot start, right? It's very hard to move him around and everybody else sort of suffers for it. And then when they went on a couple game losing streak, now's my time to swoop in. The back leg line numbers, 416-413-3959. Your chance to ask questions of Kevin. Kevin. (laughs) Leave jokes for Kevin. I don't really want solicit to comments. Whatever four one six four one three three nine five nine operators are standing by twenty operator operator twenty four seven. We've got somebody somebody answering your phone calls. Mm-hmm. Charles in Moncton, New Brunswick, found that out. Charles, I just like to make a couple comments uh, regarding our two fireballers. Why are they always insisting on throwing sliders? If you look at their last few outings, uh, with the exception of that uh, banger uh, that uh, the big fella gave up yesterday, they're getting hit only on sliders. Anytime our closer throws fastballs, they are not putting them even in play, or rarely. As soon as he throws the slider, boom, it's hit in. Well, it's hit. Um Maybe you can answer that. Maybe you can't. Uh, I thought the big guy in the dugout has the final say. In what Love your gets faith thrown. in us. Thank you. Uh, maybe not. Anyways, appreciate the listen and uh, love the show. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate your faith in Barker. I'm going to turn it over to you. <laughs> okay, the, the Nate Pearson thing, one of the, the home run was a fastball right down the middle at 97. If he had that extra gear, that's a foul ball. He'll throw the slider middle away. He'll get the guy out. Like, it's it's about location. You go back-to-back days, the same part of the order. The location has to be on point. It's not now about giddy-up. They've seen that. They've seen the break on the slider. Now it's all about location. When you miss location, you get hammered. This is a big league. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. The other guy, I'll tell you why he's throwing his slider, because it works. How many saves did he have last year? He's about 70-30 last year with sliders. He had a yeah. lot last year in the he 40s. <clears throat> at 40 saves last year. I could look it up. I forgot. But because it works. He's a confidence guy. If he if it wasn't working, he wouldn't be throwing it. He is a guy. This is, I'll tell you what he is. If a guy can't hit a slider and he has to throw 15 pitches in a bat to that guy, it'll be 15 sliders. He pitches to the guy's weakness. Now, there has been talk. I know this because I talked to the manager about the your fastball's good. The elevated fastball's good. The velocity on your fastball's good. Don't be afraid to use it. Don't have to use it all the time. Don't have to abuse it. But occasionally, it's okay to be 50-50 with those two pitches. Don't always have to do it. But you can go at the most 60-40, somewhere in that range. So, for me, Jordan Romano's the least of your worries. That's just me. Now, the other guy, 
Shouldn't you should need to be careful. He's got really good stuff. Just be careful when you use him. You will need the other guy, though. Do you agree with me? I'm not that? saying you don't need him. I'm just saying be careful with him. He He's like most of those guys down there. Pockets. John in North York. John. Why do you think the fork ball and the splitter has sort of gone out of fashion? I know Dave Stewart used to throw it, and a lot of pitchers back then. Holiday, I think, too. It, um, it rejuvenated Stewart's career. I heard him say that. And it was pretty darn effective, and you get a lot of ground balls. Anyway, that's my question. It seems to be replaced by the cutter, but is it hard to throw? Is that the problem? Anyways, that's my question. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. question. I, I think it's about the velocity on the fastball. The harder you throw, the easier it is to get away with stinkers when it comes to throwing something that's north and south. You know, not a lot of times that thing has sink to it. Like, it's not 11 to 4. It's more 12 to 6. you got to have the high-octane velocity. Singa. Prime example of that is you got to establish fastball in for that thing to be working, right? You want to get him cheating, opening up the front side because you throw so hard. Now I can throw my fork ball and split finger. I think, too, it is a lot of people have to have big fingers, hard on your fingers to I be would, able to throw that. I, I don't I don't know would there be – I'm just I, – I can't remember this. Uh, I wish we had passing on because he's written the book. But I wonder if there is an injury concern as well with the split finger. That's I don't great know. Great question. I I think it's harder to throw. It's a you know you see guys who are working on it. They'll walk around with the ball between their fingers yeah. all the time. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to get used to. So I think that's a lot of it too. But I do think you need velocity on your fastball to throw it. If you throw ninety four, ninety three, ninety four, man, ain't gonna well, work. We talked it's about just you. not gonna work. Yeah. You can let it travel longer and recognize it, and then you throw lots of balls. But it's an eliminator. Most people don't want to throw it for a strike. They want to eliminate you with it but they have to set it up. Just talked about Bregman. Used to not like the ball down and away, but you had to set it up. You couldn't abuse it. How do you get to that? The split finger, the fork ball's no different. You need that velocity, right? Kevin Gosman, when it's 91, you see everybody take it. He don't go deeper in games. When it's 97, 98, 99, everybody's swinging at it because they're cheating to get to the heater. It's real simple. Alec Manoa takes the mound tonight in about roughly... 15 minutes or so. I'll bet you. I'm trying. trying. 707 first pitch on Sportsnet 590. You nailed it. What would you say? You nailed that. I did. 8 plus 7. First of four games between the Jays and the Houston Astros. The Jays lineup. Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, Varsho, Merrifield, Kirk. He's catching Biggio and Kevin Kiermaier. No Brandon Belt in the lineup. Alec Manoa on the mound, as we mentioned. And, uh... Just looking ahead to uh, Brandon Belak on the mound for the Astros. Looking ahead to tomorrow's game as well. Looking forward to seeing Hunter Brown. Um, yeah, one game at a time for the Jays. Yeah, coming off back-to-back series yeah. wins, the first time since late April, and a sweep of the New York Mets. Noah's had eight walks his last two starts. He controls that, throws strike one. Well, we'll he'll see be if, okay. He'll give him a chance to have the big inning. Yeah, and we'll see if the uh, some of the changes that Kevin talked about they've made in his routine will make a difference. Um, I mean, again, they have. We just heard from, about Mitch White today. He's, he, they've got no choice. They got to get it. They got to get Alec Manoa straight. They got to get Alec Manoa to the point where he's at least going to give him what a fifth starter would generally give him. Ooh. Mm. If you get that, I think you can probably figure it out from there. That's it for us, Mr. Barker and myself. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk tonight and all week long immediately following the game. We will be back here tomorrow. 
5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet 360. Have yourself a great night. Enjoy the baseball.